Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're talking about pleasure and joy during birth. When talking about birth, words that tend to come up are fear and pain. But what if instead of trying to get rid of the fear and pain, you focus wholeheartedly on bringing heaps of joy and pleasure to your birth instead? Angela Gallo is here to tell us more. Stay tuned. This episode of Breathful is brought to you by Natural Breastfeeding and their free quick start video which shows you a simple technique to prevent nipple pain and the easiest way to help your newborn latch and for you to produce enough milk for your baby. Go watch it at naturalbreastfeeding.com. The Breathful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Mamas and Mamas-to-be, and Mighty Dads and Dads-to-be. As always, thank you so, so much for listening and for all the love you give the show. I appreciate all your comments, requests, and of course, your reviews, since those help get the show in front of even more parents. So if you enjoy what you hear, then please, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes, even if that's not how you usually listen to it. Um, a review like the one that Emnibut who's pregnant with her first baby, laughed recently saying, quote, I have made a lovely ritual of drawing a relaxing bath and listening to this podcast while soaking. I am so grateful for this podcast. It informs me, inspires me, really calms my worries and explores my curiosities. I love it and would recommend it to anyone wanting to be supportively informed. Thank you, Adriana. Oh my goodness. I couldn't love this more. It's fabulous how this mama has created a relaxing ritual around listening to the podcast and on top of it. It's a perfect intro to today's show about pleasure and joy in childbirth, which, as you will hear shortly, involves figuring out what makes you feel good and bringing that into your labor. So thank you, Emniba, for those comments. Keep soaking it in, mighty one, and I am wishing you a fantastic and flowing birth and postpartum. So my guest today is Angela Gallo, who is a mom, birth doula, and birth photographer from Canada, who now calls Melbourne her home. So she lives in Australia. A self-professed birth junkie, her passion is to help women approach their individual journeys wholeheartedly and enthusiastically. Angela believes that childbirth is to be enjoyed and embraced at every level and is also a proudly committed supporter to maternal, infant, and reproductive rights. Welcome, Angela. It's so, so great to have you here on the show. It is my pleasure entirely. Thank you for having me, Adriana. Oh, so great. So we've got quite the juicy, fun topic today. Pleasure mm -hmm. and joy in childbirth, which are, yes. you know, those are things people do not usually associate with the birthing, yes. the labor um, room. And, you know, in terms of pleasure, it's quite the contrary. People are scared and fear the pain. So when you say pleasure and joy in birth, what does that even mean? Well, um, yeah, really great question there. I mean, in general, it's difficult for, you know, society, just standard society to accept uh, women's sexual liberation in general. And for a woman to really delve into her sexual self out of childbirth is already challenge enough um, by societal terms. But in childbirth, it's like, holy Toledo, the most shocking thing that you can imagine um, people, they just can't wrap their head around it, which I really think is strange because pleasure, orgasm, joy, these are really built into our biological birthing system. And, and, and you know, your sexuality and childbirth are very much interlinked. So I think that once we get past the shock factor of it, it actually does make a lot of sense. So it certainly has um, has sparked a few interesting conversations over the last few years. Yeah. So let's talk about more about that, because uh, the, when you say that, uh, the first person I think about is uh, Ina May Gaskin, because I know that yes. this is something that's very much she's been saying for years and in, yeah. in her books yeah. about when gets the baby in and gets the baby out. That's right. And if you think about it, we, we are so wanting to separate and not sexualize, like, like you were saying at the beginning, um, you know, childbirth of, of not having that come into play that but it goes in and out the same way. 
Very much. They're very much interlinked. I mean, if we're talking about just on an anatomical level, you know, the same organs are being used, the same muscles are being used, the same hormones are being used as um, in sex, you know, as as any moment when a woman is aroused, when she's excited, when when she's feeling hot and, and alive with life, the exact same same functions, right? And so what happens is people are quite comfortable in discussion, like, all right, we, we have sex, we make love to have a baby. Baby, um, we can actually, you know, they recommend sex as a form of natural induction method. So often you'll hear women discussing, you know, oh my gosh, I'm I'm 10 days overdue. Um, what can I do? Eat pineapples, you know, eat a lot of curry, do a million squats and have all the sex in the world. You know, we're comfortable with that. But if we talk about using, you know, and and really exploring our sexual self in childbirth, it really, again, seems to be not really as accepted. And I think that's why the work of people like, you know, Ina May and, and um, Deborah Pascali Bonero and ecstatic birth and all these sorts of things are bringing this to the, to the forefront to really encourage women to, to, you know, explore those muscles, those hormones, those functions and use them to their advantage. Um, I think that pleasure, in my opinion, pleasure and joy in the birth space really are, are non-negotiable if we're looking to have a straightforward, um, you know, non-eventful, non-traumatic, really awesome labor. I really think that they need to be incorporated in some way or another. Um, and so that's when, you know, we start talking about just techniques that you can use and, and really being in that mindset. So that mental mindset, having that perspective, um, that's how we get joy and, and pleasure into the mix. And I think it is a, a lot of, you know, mostly a, a question of mindset, because if we go down to the core of it, what you need is oxytocin release which yes. yeah happens when you're feeling like good and safe and secure and yeah. intimate so we don't it's how, so what are some of those techniques what is how to switch your mind from thinking oh hospital and you know 99% of people yeah. birth in hospital so in this environment to you know a mental space that gets gets the juices going yeah, and that's a really, it's a fair concern to have, right? We're, we're, we're in an environment for most of us who are birthing in, in hospitals and birth centers, often surrounded by lots of people coming in and out of the room. Um, I think that the the legwork needs to be done beforehand 100%. And so that's when I really start encouraging women to explore that sexual expansion in pregnancy, um, even really at conception, like when they start, when they're making their baby, uh, when their baby starts growing starting to really connect to their body on a deeper level and and in that sexual expansion connecting the mind body and soul in a really a, a way that can only be achieved in pregnancy and in childbirth so things about you know right down from Kegel exercises to using jade eggs to to toning you know the muscles in your vagina and your vulva to connecting to the sensations there to feeling comfortable naked um, feeling you know being comfortable feeling vulnerable really teaching yourself to take ownership of your body of your feelings of of you know being intuitive like I mean this is so complex and so dynamic it would be unrealistic to expect a birthing woman who who hasn't done any of the legwork who hasn't done any of the self-exploration to go into a hospital around people she doesn't know and be expected to kind of keep that space and feel sexual and feel connected to her body right like it's not really realistic um maybe for some of us that is a possibility but for most of us it really takes a lot of preparation and that mindset is really where it's at um obviously making sure you have the right team around you who are non-judgmental you feel 100 percent comfortable with making sure that you and your partner are on the same page if your partner is in the mix um really making sure that you know how to assert your sexuality in the birth space if you need some space if you want people to leave the room if you want to incorporate toys if smells are important to you um, and it's not just sexual it's about using things in the environment to really evoke feelings of pleasure of joy so for some of us it's music it's a sound bowl um, it's singing it's dancing it's getting our hair played with by our midwife or you know getting our partners to massage us and connect to us like on a really visceral like skin skin to skin level there's different ways that we can get pleasure and joy 
into the birth space. But whatever way you do it, make sure that you're in the right mindset and you're really dedicated to getting it flowing on tap. Now, obviously, if we're if we're really going full gusto on this, I recommend um, vaginal and uh, vaginal play, really. So clitoral stimulation, um, you know, realizing that as baby exits, they are hitting those major spots like the G spot. So really, you know, whether it's self-stimulation or you're using a vibrator or a toy or your hands, um, a lot of women find that touching their own vaginas or having their partners touch their vaginas um, in even transition really, really helps. And we'll talk about this in a second about how um, vaginal stimulation actually helps immensely to increase your pain thresholds and to actually help manage pain, which, hello, amazing vagina. If we needed any more proof that our clitorises are incredible, um, here it is, because it really helps to manage the pain. Um, and then we're also going to talk about, of course, you know, stimulating your nipples. Again, getting that oxytocin flowing on tap, which are two parts of the body that can really help to get that oxytocin flowing exactly when we need it. Now, in terms of being comfortable enough to do those things, it really, again, comes down to the mindset and to the connection you have with yourself and to your partner, right? It's, it's again, a really multifaceted thing, but I certainly think that the legwork is, is something that has to be taken care of before. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you brought about, you know, a, an array of options because somebody might not feel comfortable or exactly. hasn't done the legwork to like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, do some clitoral stimulation here while, here while I'm in transition. <laughs> but the dancing and the giving yourself into like maybe some, some like for me, I, I think of some African drumming would really get yeah. me in that sort of trance-like state, right, exactly. of, of, of going into just being one with that sound or with the movement exactly. or with the um so there's the there's a range there's a range and you know for a lot of us it's not just about making love you know to, to ourselves it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be that and i think it's a really confronting thought for people for example who want to incorporate joy and pleasure into the birth space but they may be a survival of sexual abuse or they may come from a really conservative family or there's you know social um cultural religious constraints there and they don't feel comfortable um, you know, going down that path, but damn, they really want to use the p amazing powers of joy and pleasure in the birth space. How can they do that? And it's really, really important to discuss the fact that it's not just about, you know, touching, touching your clitoris, or it, it really doesn't have to do with that. I think that some of the most human experiences we can live are, are things like dancing, singing, making love, giving birth. These are really human experiences. And so for some of us, making love to music, making love to, to song, making love to dance, that is the pleasure that we can incorporate into a space that feels right and feels comfortable to us. And it is just as powerful. Mm -hmm. So I think we've covered it, but is there any other reasons why doing this is important <laughs> oh my goodness yeah and this is kind of what i wanted to segue in from my last comment about the actual powers of pain relief that we're that we're clearly seeing um when this is being happened so there was a scientist he he you know wrote this amazing did this amazing study wrote this amazing article and i cannot pronounce his his name for the life of me ever but it's um, something along the lines of that. And essentially, he did this amazing study where he took rats um, and he used actually stimulation, so vaginal stimulation, sexual stimulation, or non-sexual stimulation, if you like, um, and then introduced pain into the mix and really kind of experimented on um, their pain thresholds. And so what he found that when he was using... Um, some kind of sexual stimulation on these rats, their pain threshold increased astronomically. And this is exactly, you know, the idea that we're trying to bring into the birth space, because often you'll see um, mums who have used any kind of stimulation, any kind of introduction of pleasure and joy in the birth space, um, who have orgasmed in childbirth, who have just, you know, full stop masturbated while, uh, you know, during contractions, mid contractions to relax, are all saying that it really really, really help to manage the intensity of their surges, to manage the intensity of their transition, to shorten their transition, to help them relax um, in pushing stage, in pushing phase, 
to help them stretch softly in pushing phase, to help them reconnect to their breath, to help them from getting you know anxiety, to help them refocus, um, and really help again to to take down the notch, to take down the edge on that actual pain level. Again, if you like to to or are comfortable calling it pain, to bring it right down. So I myself, when I was in labor with my second, I had done lots of research um, and I wanted to make sure that when I went into my second birth, that I had a full arsenal of really great techniques to cope with in the intensity of pain, to you know feel as comfortable as humanly possible. And I had done so much reading on ecstatic and orgasmic birth. Um, and my husband had discussed it at length, you know, and he just... I was in transition and he's, he, he could see that I was feeling very vulnerable, very pushed to my limit, very challenged, as a lot of us um, are in transition. And by the way, if there's any listeners who don't know what transition is, it's essentially the spot right before pushing stage. So it's the, the point where you are, um, you know, the, the, the most open you'll ever be in your life and particularly the most vulnerable. And so I was kind of pining for my husband, reaching for his hands, and he said, look, do you want to maybe try having sex? Would that help you? And in that moment, I remember thinking like, oh, you know, as 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 lonely as it is that he suggested this, um, I couldn't even consider having sex at that moment in time. But I thought, oh, you know, actually, maybe I should try touching myself. This is just, you know, kind of a thought that came into my head organically. Um, and I did. So I just kind of used some self-simulation. It wasn't even sexual. It wasn't, an, you know, a, um, a moment of indulgence. I really... It just felt like a really intuitive, instinctual response for me to um, manage what I was feeling at that moment in time. And I remember being in the shower and having the water on my back and just touching myself. And it really took me out of this kind of dark, hazy, vulnerable space that I was in just moments ago. And I instantaneously felt connected to my hands and my vulva and my body and my baby. And all of a sudden, you know, the edge and the intensity of my surges were just brought down to a place of enjoyment. I could not believe how different I felt. I felt in control and that was a really massive thing. So, you know, a lot of women talk about in childbirth, they feel totally out of control. It's really scary. They feel like they're just in this total tornado. They can't get out of it, almost like a bad trip. Um, and, and I get it because you are really pushed to the brink of your physical and emotional limits. And that's what it did for for me. So actually the self-stimulation wasn't even just about the pleasure. It was about the, the, the reconnection to my body and regaining control over these amazing um, feelings that were washing over me. And then, you know, from there, I went on to have my baby very shortly afterwards. And even now, I, I just supported a woman in birth a few weeks ago, and um, she amazing birth amazing in hospital birth with a, a midwife from private practice and as she was crowning literally shouted out to me from across the room and said and and um get me my vibrator it's it's in my purse get it for me right now and i did this mad dash to the you know her purse and i remember being so excited because it's not every day that you get a woman who's comfortable enough um to, you know to be naked and to be sexual and and to just you know touch herself in the birth space and i thought oh oh my God, this is amazing. And I rushed to her purse and I got the vibrator out. And just as she was crowning, she was using the vibrator as a mechanism to control and to connect to her breathing, you know, of opening slowly and just kind of uh, really managing that pushing stage herself. And that's exactly what she did. So she just used the vibrator. She, you know, she did amazingly, brought baby onto her chest, threw the vibrator on the floor, and that was a really efficient tool. So, yeah, there's certainly some some really amazing science behind it um, and really, uh, you know, indisputable, juicy goodness that comes from, from using your body and working with your body in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. And I like the, how you mentioned that it was... I, for you personally, that it was a way to sort of get on top of this overwhelm and regain your focus and your yes. control so that then you were back, you know, in your center, in that alignment, yeah. you know, because I find that that transition and a lot of parts of birth, not just transition, some mm -hmm. for some women is early labor that can be yeah. very overwhelming. And I, I yes. really appreciate using this as a tool that can center you back and having that spectrum. I mean, let's be clear. I'll, many people are not comfortable 
of, exactly. of doing any, you know, forget of using a vibrator, just like even considering um, b- sexualizing or sensualizing the birth yes. room, right? Yes. So I do want to give all the listeners that broad spectrum of find like what is the core of what we're saying is important and find how you can manifest that for yourself. Beautiful. Yeah, that's precisely it, Adriana. It's not about, you know, if, and again, we're all different people. We all want different things. You know, that's the beauty of, of being human, right? We respond to different things. Um, for, for some of us, we're triggered by, by any sexual, sensual experience. Um, and the whole point of this is to really create a broad spectrum so that people can listen to this podcast, walk away from it, from, you know, people from all over the world, any walk of life, any religion, any cultural standpoint, any societal standpoint. I want them to come away from this podcast and think, OK, you know what? I've actually gotten one tidbit that I can put into practice in my own birth space. This is something that I feel comfortable using. Um, this is something that I think could work for me. And so it's not, you know, I think that with so much hot conversation about ecstatic birth and orgasmic birth, it, which of course is definitely happening and is is super transformational and incredible, it also can be a little bit confronting and overwhelming for some people who just want a great tool, some great techniques that aren't sexual, that aren't sensual, that will help them curb the intensity and overwhelm um, and challenges of general labor. And in this case, I really, really would focus on just incorporating pleasure and joy from a space that isn't sexual or isn't sensual, but really truly just from a feel good, good vibrations perspective. So what, and I, and I say this to my client, what makes you feel good when you're having a bad day, when you're having a big cry, when you're feeling triggered by the world, when you are, you know, just not feeling your best or stressed out, or you're feeling physically, you know, in a slump, what do you do to bring you back to your happy place? What do you do to really get you feeling like you're in control again? Um, You know, for some of us, it's anxiety. What takes you out of your anxiety attacks or anxious feelings? Um, For people who, you know, have issues with with anger management or stress management, what's their go-to technique to pull them out of that dark space? And, And, you know, often I ask them to take those same techniques and take it into the birth space because they're more than likely going to be challenged in the exact same ways And I want them to find their happy place in the birth space. This is massively important. You know, coming coming back to that spot where you feel calm, comfortable, safe, supported, joyful. Um, You know, some of us, it's humor. Humor really is the best way and the most broad way that I can kind of advise you bringing joy and pleasure into the birth space. A good laugh, a good whole belly, big chuckle laugh, connecting to your partner, connecting to the birth, you know, your birth support team, cracking jokes, lightening the mood, um, making light of the situation, that makes a massive difference. And it is a tool that anybody can use in the birth space, right? All of us love to laugh. Again, a very human experience. And then singing, dancing. These are other two things that instinctually from the moment we are born, we are loved to do. We listen to music, we miss, you know, we listen to sounds and they move us at the core they move us they bring they bring us out of a dark place um and in that same way i really really recommend that so first and you're saying like abjani love the sound of a big african drum like absolutely you know the bass the vibrations that come out of that really hit you in the core and that's another great thing to do you know some there was a, a doula i was just talking to and she supported a woman who um sang biblical psalms the entire labor so 10 hours of biblical psalms she just sang biblical you know verses um and and that's what got her through and for her that was her happy space and that's what kept her connected to her body connected to her god and rolling with it that's how she incorporated pleasure in space so all of us have our own personal version of pleasure and all of us have our own personal personal version of joy. And so whether it's laughing or even crying, like I love a good cry, and, you know, just as much as I love a good um, intimate moment with my partner. I really, ex- I want every single listener here to kind of start journaling what makes them feel good, what takes them to their happy place. And this way, when they go into labor 
And actually, when they go into parenthood, where things are continually challenged, that is what you can turn to to really evoke the pleasure, joy, and delight that you need to keep you going. Oh my God! So much yes, <laughs> so much yes. <laughs> Angela, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, sure. I want to talk a little bit more of like of the idea of incorporating this pleasure and joy, bringing it into pregnancy, right? To start practicing before. And, Absolutely. And yeah, we have more questions, so we'll be right back. Hey, Mighty Mama. Have you checked out Natural Breastfeeding's Quick Start video yet? No? Then what are you waiting for? Here are three reasons why you need to watch it. First, it was created by world-renowned breastfeeding experts Dr. Teresa Nesbitt and Nancy Moorbacher, two ladies that I truly admire, whom you may also remember from past podcast episodes. Second, I know that natural breastfeeding works since this is exactly what I teach my doula clients to get breastfeeding off to a fabulous start. And third, it's free. The quick start video is 38 minutes of solid information that will show you the simplest way to help a newborn latch, as well as the best way to produce enough milk for your baby and they are not going to ask you to buy any additional stuff at the end so if you're planning on breastfeeding or got started recently then you need to watch it simply go to naturalbreastfeeding.com to learn more and we are back and we're talking about angela and are talking about pleasure and joy in birth and so one of the things you mentioned at the beginning of the show was how it's important to to practice a little bit of these tools beforehand yes. into pregnancy. So let's talk about that, bringing pleasure and joy into that before baby is born. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, the... the if we're going to start with the mind-body connection, is is really powerful. And so the earlier you get a hang of, uh, you know, the way your mind responds to certain body connections and the way your body responds to certain mind connections, um, you're going to be giving yourself the upper hand for your body, your mind, your soul, your, your general being to be working in its most optimal way. Really similar to, for example, if you were planning on using hypnotherapy in the birth space, they really say that you should be practicing from the second you conceive so that your body responds to it in the most optimal wholehearted way when birth comes around and it's the same exact way um, when you fall pregnant when you're trying to conceive if you go into it thinking all right this is going to be a positive wonderful amazing experience no matter what comes my way no matter what challenges I face no matter how ill I feel no matter how unpredictable and wild the pregnancy birth and parenthood process is I'm going to make sure that I make a very, very conscious effort to rise above it in a positive, joyful way, that will make all the difference. What we focus on expands, right? It's a law of life. It's a law of attraction. And it's it really is um, just as relevant in pregnancy and in birth. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be insensitive to the fact that for some women, they're dealing with really problematic pregnancies. Um, you know, they're, they're feeling quite ill. They're dealing with issues. It's a really stressful time. Maybe there's, you know, relationship problems, um, family problems, financial stress, and sometimes staying positive and finding the pleasure and the joy in pregnancy and in childbirth is hard. I know that and I'm not going to undermine those experiences. But I know for a fact that what we focus on expands. So I really encourage moms, um, you know, or laboring people, all non-binary people, by the way, who are birthing or who are, you know, embarking on their journey as parents to start really practicing this positive mindset, to start practicing this from the moment they know they're actively and consciously beginning their journey, um, their pregnancy journey. It's, it's, it really does make all the difference. And whether you do it by journaling or just vocalizing your concerns or waking up in the morning with a mantra or posting affirmations all around your house, um, we know for a fact that this makes a difference. And, you know, I, I used to practice this because for me, my way of rising above, staying positive and actively trying to create a, you know, a pleasurable, joyful birth experience was visuals. I'm a really visually driven creature. 
So I created a vision board, um, a pregnancy, birth and parenthood vision board. And on this vision board, I, you know, cut out articles from magazines and pictures and drew and, you know, got all of my glitter pens. And I created this really bombastic visual and I put it right in front of my bed so that every morning I woke up, I was reminded that this is what I'm aiming for. This is how I want to feel. This is what I want to create. That no matter what happens, no matter how many variables and no matter how unpredictable pregnancy, birth and parenthood is, what I do have control over is how I feel. And that is very powerful. I wanted to start off the day every day with one positive planted seed in my brain. I wanted to you know, wake up in the morning talk to my baby, look at that vision board and be like, yes, this is what I stand for. This is what's important to me. And I just kept that going um, all the way through birth. So I think those are some really clever ways to just stay in that mindset, the powerful mindset that we need. Oh, and I love and appreciate that you, you know, of considering wherever, wherever the pregnant person is at, um, and whatever realities they are carrying with them, the importance yeah. of having that preparation and sort of confronting those Because fe- one thing Absolutely. I do know, birth is taught like it is. It's we mm-hmm. we can do hard things, but it is hard. <laughs> yeah, and it will bring stuff out. It will like stir yeah. up the, your shit. So yeah. if you can address it during pregnancy, be it by like you said by journaling or and and focusing on how you want to feel. I I know you're really great friends with Shalom Stone, and who was we did a podcast with her not so long ago. So I'll link it on the show notes too. And I one of my biggest takeaways from the conversation conversation with her was of that she does sit with her clients and ask them how do you want to feel during your birth yeah yeah because yeah. that's the only thing you can really control you can't control exactly. how your baby's going to be born or what if when it's you know labor's going to come and what introvert what circumstances are going to shape the experience but you can focus on how you're going to feel and yeah. practicing early. I love the idea of your vision board of no, and waking up and the first thing you see of that reminder of like, this is the focus for my day and my pregnancy. Oh my yeah. yeah, because, you know, I, there's like nights where I'd be lying in bed. My legs and my vulva were swollen to like four times their freaking size because of varicose veins and I hadn't slept all night. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, insomnia and heartburn and blah, 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 blah. And I kind of worked myself up in the dark to this really dark place where I was fed up, you know, and a lot of us can relate to that. A lot of, of, of pregnant people can relate to this feeling. But I knew that in the morning I'd wake up, I'd see that vision board and right away I feel like I have control again. Like, all right, this is why I believe in this. This is why I'm doing this. How can I bring, you know, joy to, to my pregnancy today? And, and I just kept that going, the same thing in the birth space. And so, you know, a lot of women do the same thing. They take their journals into the birth space. They bring vision boards into the birth space. Um, you know, these are really, really powerful tools because you're right. We can't control what happens to us to a certain degree. But, you you know, you're damn right that we can control the way we react to it and the way we feel about it. And that's why, you know, especially in birth where biologically speaking, the way we feel impacts so much the way our body births, it's even more important to take this seriously. Oh, so much. And I also, another layer that I like about that focusing on how you're feeling and this pleasure and joy in birth is because it's very easy. Like you birth with your with your body, not with your mind, right? So it's very easy if you're in a medicalized environment and people are talking to you in a language of non-pleasure and joy, but talking of, you know, how far you're progressing. and and, yeah, Yeah, all of that. It's very easy for your mind to jump on that bandwagon and follow that that journey, which is not necessarily a bad thing, except that it does take you away from what you need to do, which is go to your primal brain for birthing. So having people understand this beforehand and say, okay, when they tell me like all these centimeters and all these things and all of that, I know that that's their domain. And it's great that somebody's looking out for the medical aspects of it and you pay them lots of money to do that and great. But then you don't follow along. You stay focused Mm -hmm. on your joy and your music and your dancing and your, you know, whatever it is you're doing. You know, there's some, man, this is so important because 
again, this is like in theory, is it sounds great, right? Using pleasure and joy in the first place, it sounds so good, and in theory, sounds so great. But people, and just like Shalom was saying about taking ownership of your birth, and this is a huge part of it. You've got to be ready to, you know, assertively consciously um really maintain that pleasure joyful positive mindset in the first day and you, you can do that in a few different ways so some women i've worked with actually have put earphones um sorry earplugs into their ears with their music on and have decided that they don't want to talk to anybody about anything and instead they dedicate their partner or their birth support person to discussing with the doctor with the midwife with whoever is on hand because they know from a personal perspective that they you know if for example they're hearing too much hospital jargon or too much chit chatter or too much beeping or too many doors open it's very difficult for them to sink into that pleasure and joyful space so you really need to make a conscious decision about how badly you want pleasure and joy in the space and then stay committed to that idea, especially if you know if if you respond particularly well to feelings of pleasure, to feelings of joy, to feelings of comfort and safety and ecstasy, you really need to make an effort to do that. Um, you know, it's not that it's not possible to feel this way in hospital, not at all. Again, I've, I've been in that situation. I've worked with women in that situation um, and they've totally birthed like the boss that they are and have totally nailed it. But you've really got to get a grasp of it and make sure that your birth people are on your side. They understand what you're you're going to do and that everyone's doing the very best that they can to facilitate this and hold the space for you to do um, exactly what you're aiming to do. Um, yeah, that's certainly something to consider too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's very smart to be realistic of analyzing the environment you're going to be in and mm-hmm. then and not like, oh, well, it'll be fine. But actually like, okay, this might be a challenge. How can we, I love that idea mm-hmm. of earbuds, <laughs> of just, yeah. you know, shutting everything out. I, I knew a woman who were um, like super fancy see what are they called uh noise canceling noise canceling earphones she wore these massive things that looked like earmuffs um noise canceling earphones and she yeah basically had a big sign on her door and she said look i am listening to this music and i'm listening to these meditative songs please do not interrupt me unless it's a medical emergency direct all information to my birth partner or my birth support person um i do not want to have conversation unless it's a medical emergency and i love that i really really love that and then she was able to dance she was by herself in the corner doing her thing um and and again really realistic approach in a world that is so fast-paced particularly in a medical institution of any sort where it can be challenging yeah yeah absolutely and and also as you were talking i was thinking of find what that means to you and it's like for some women we tend to we can be (laughs) and and as a species we tend to be like judgy right like oh my god Mm -hmm. I can't remember I believe she did that but like if what makes you feel like a rock star is putting on your mascara and your makeup and doing your like do that if it's putting your hair up and and getting yourself in charge you know like a warrior princess of doing that then fine and other people don't right but like there is no right it's whatever works for you it's your right absolutely and it's again like this is kind of um you know wanting wanting women and and people to connect to themselves and to expand on themselves as people as humans as mothers as parents as sexual beings as as bodies to really dig deep and figuring out, you know, what turns you on, on a soulful level, on an emotional level, on a spiritual level. Um, because really in the birth space, Adriana, again, we're so, we're really taken to a place that we only go to in labor. It is a world that only a laboring birthing woman can, can go to, can explain to you. And even then, each of us goes to a different place. We experience a different thing. We have a different response. And so all of our rights the way we're comforted, the way we're, we're, you know, excited, the way we react emotionally is so different that it's really important to pay attention, dig deep and see what you react to and what works for you. Um, you know, I'm the one who, who had mascara on and wore my lingerie because I knew that I wanted to feel 
like you know i feel like my most feminine beautiful self when i i make that effort that's what makes me feel good um the same way i know that if i wear a nice pair of heels and dress properly i could walk into a meeting and communicate confidently i know that if i go into a birth space and i'm wearing my lingerie and i have my mascara on my waterproof mascara on by the way that i can really birth like the feminine goddess that i want to feel like and so yeah i you know get to know yourself get to know what works for you own it and use it to your advantage yeah yeah and for other people it can be you know it's not what you're wearing but what you're smelling or what the music that's on or you know bringing pictures and images to hang and decorate the room and lights and whatever some people it's playing scrabble with their partner and napping between contractions some people it's listening to their favorite comedy album pleasure and joy in the, the birth space does not need to be limited to sexual and sensual feelings it does not need to be limited to, um, you know, this kind of hedonistic indulgence that so many of us associate with. I think, yes, putting the sexuality back into childbirth in general is so massively important um, because, like I said before, you know, biologically speaking, the, the anatomy and the way they're interlinked is so important, but it doesn't need to be that for you. I just want you to be able to find your happy space, you know, work out what works for you. And then again, use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm going to switch gears for a second and, and yeah. go uh, thinking, Angela, if you have any any thoughts or any specific um not suggestions, but I guess suggestions. What if a mom is 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 coming from a place where she's had uh, she's a trauma survivor of any yes. kind, and just and there's a, an extra layer of of uh, difficulty, if you will, to yeah. to the birthing. Are do you have anything specific for those moms, or just the same that we've been talking about? Oh, it, it, it definitely becomes far more complex, um, for lack of better words. So um, for me personally, as a birth support person, a professional labor support person, I feel that in situations where there's previous loss, um, so let's say there's a mom who's lost her baby and this is, you know, this is her, her pregnancy thereafter, her birth thereafter, that's super complex. Um, it becomes really difficult for women to connect to their body. Um, also difficult when women are coming back from a really traumatic birth where they feel like their bodies have failed them, they feel disconnected to their bodies. That's really challenging. And then lastly, it's um, people who have been, you know, victims or survivors, uh, not victims, but survivors of sexual assault, sexual abuse, some kind of, you know, traumatic stress where, again, you have to make a real active effort to work with these people beforehand. That's where the legwork becomes so important, working through anxieties, fears, debriefing, grieving, crying, processing, holding that space for those people. Um, And then, of course, the relationship you have with them, the relationship they have with themselves, the way they connect to their partners, that's going to be the saving grace. Um, I certainly, you know, don't expect... Uh, women to do anything sometimes a mom says you know i have these big plans and i'm gonna you know use for example they're aiming for an orgasmic birth and then they get into their birth and actually they don't do that at all and they find that pleasure and joy came to, to them in another way and then i'll have a mother who you know had has lived some very terrible traumatic sexual past says i will never touch myself in labor i don't feel comfortable and then when the birth actually happens she does use that as a form so it's interesting because I want to say that in general, it is more complex if someone has had a, you know, a past or is living a situation that's emotionally heavy, there's a lot of emotional baggage, but there's no stock standard answer here. There's never a stock standard answer. I think really the legwork, working through your issues beforehand, giving yourself permission to feel, to expand, to allow room for whatever will happen, can happen, and whatever needs to happen, can happen. Um, Leaving your mind open to possibilities, that's far more important than telling yourself, okay, even though I've dealt with this, I want to do this, or this needs to happen. Um, because we're, again, we're complicated, complex, emotional creatures. Yeah. And I think it's also really important to have, to know that more than just a, a, a something you're going to battle, you know, mm-hmm. a difficult situation that's coming up, to also understand that it can be, if you if you feel like that's what you want to do, because there's no pressure here, but that mm-hmm. you it, 
can be an opportunity for healing and an opportunity. Oh, yeah, and an opportunity for you to, you know, to reconnect with your body if you're feeling that's something that's harder to do. It does, however, require a lot more legwork up front yeah. and also bringing in I, f I find it's really important to bring in your whole team if you feel comfortable yeah. with it of explaining what you know what you're working with that it's not simply having birth but also the, the, these additional challenges right yes yeah absolutely and, and you know I just, I keep, it's funny, we're having this conversation. I keep thinking about, there's this beautiful family that I worked with and their little baby um, passed away at two months um, from a, a really rare issue. It was very, very devastating. And they went on to fall pregnant again. And that, you know, we all knew that this was going to be a really trying emotional time like there was going to be a lot to process uh, a lot of baggage to work through um and we knew that but they also knew how important it was that no matter how challenging and how many challenges that we're going to you know come up against that they they also wanted to be able to enjoy this experience. They knew that the possibility for transformation and healing was huge. And they wanted to make sure that they didn't shut themselves off from that healing and connection with their new baby because of their loss. It was a very, it, the, the emotion was super conflicting, as you can imagine. And watching them, you know, really work through um, everything that they've dealt with, you know, working through it all in order to be prepared for the birth of their, their other child was really humbling for me and really great insight into how even if you've lived something terrible and devastating and you're grieving and you don't know, you know, you almost feel like you're caught between two worlds. You're caught between this world where you're so excited to have this baby, you're so excited to birth, you realize the potential and the importance of birth. But then you're caught between the other world where you're terrified and you're just coping, grieving and dealing with your, you know, your past or all this other stuff. If you have a grasp of that and you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to dig deep, it's it's really yeah, super, super humbling. And it certainly makes me feel like there's hope for everybody, no matter where they've come from, what they've lived to really walk away from their birth experience, feeling fulfilled and loved and healed and cared for. Mm, absolutely. And to know that, that it can be a great opportunity for a lot of transformation in many ways. And mm. it's there for the taking it to whatever yeah. level you want to experience it really so much yeah absolutely yeah. it's it really is that's the, the the great like the greatest way you could possibly explain that it really is there for the taking you know you want a little pleasure you want a lot of pleasure you want a little joy you want a lot of joy you want a bit of transformation you want to go full gusto with the transformation it really is yours for the taking um the, the, the potential, the possibilities with childbirth, with parenthood, the growth, the learning curves, they are steep, babe. But if you go into them full throttle and you're willing to work through things that make you feel uncomfortable, if you're you know willing to put yourself out into the unknown, if you're willing to assert yourself and explore the things that make you happy and turn you on, my gosh, is the reward worth it? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so happy that you've come on to the show today to talk about oh, this so pleasure. Joy. Yes. Before we wrap up, do you have, is there something that you wanted to talk about, you know, like within this topic that we've left us out that, that we're missing? I think that if there was one thing that I could leave this call on or a note that I could leave this call on was how powerful a positive open mind is as you you know, head into your pregnancy, as you head into labor, into childbirth, into your new life as parents is hold on to that, hold on to that positivity, hold on to that open mind, hold on to that, you know, th the power behind that It is something that you cannot do without, hold on to the laughter, you know, hold on to all of the, the, the glory and the magic in pleasure and in joy and let it infuse every mega life-changing event that you're going to experience because it really will impact the way you live it um, and the way it impacts you for the rest of your years to come, the way you bond with your child, the way you bond with your partner. It really is worth, um, you know, 
just thinking about it and giving some time into how you're going to live your birth experience and how it's going to impact you. And of course, how you want to feel. I love it. Do you have um, any resources on this topic that you'd like to share with the listeners in terms of like doing the legwork for their preparation? Yeah, absolutely. So there's so much amazing work, you know, resources that you can find online, just a simple Google in, you know, orgasmic birth or self stimulation in labor, but really Deborah Pascali Bernaro, um, ecstatic birth, so she led ecstatic birth, and then really checking out the studies that Comesa Rook did, um, you know, with the rats and, and with the pain threshold is really something that's so super fascinating. If not, I really just invite you to take a look at my blog where I shared my experience um, and take a look at other people's blogs about how they incorporated pleasure and joy into, you know, into their personal experiences and seeing maybe if you can take away something from that. Sometimes we just need a little inspiration uh, to really get the cogs ticking and creating something that fulfills us. Mm, absolutely. And so if, if if listeners want to find out where your blog is or follow what you do or get in contact, how can they do that? I would absolutely love to hear from any and all of you. If you want to take a look at what I'm up to, um, if you want to connect with me, you can just head to AngelaGallo.com. And that is A-N-G-E-L-A-G-A-L-L-O. Um, dot com. If not, you can also find me on Instagram and my handle is at Angela Womb Warrior. Yes, as in Womb Warrior. Um, you can find all of my other links there where I just talk about how I try and inspire and encourage women to approach their birth experiences wholeheartedly and enthusiastically. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And thank you, Adriana, for having me. What a pleasure it has been to be here. Oh, absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And I want to tell all the listeners that, yes, like follow Angela, go see her stuff. But do, if you do Instagram, do follow her because she's also a birth photographer photographer and takes the most amazing photographs oh i love your photographs so powerful so thank you so much yeah it'll be great inspiration for everybody who's listening to look at those at, at your instagram feed for sure thank you once again so 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 very much for being the mighty warrior that you are and for being on the show today gracias <laughs> Mighty Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at birthful. So come say hi. And if you're pregnant, do not forget to grab my birth partner's ultimate labor support toolkit at birthful.com slash toolkit. You will thank me for it. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at naturalbreastfeeding.com. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Mighty One, did you know that if you started listening to one birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.